This is your boy DJ Katsanova, and again, doing an overseas interview, and this time I have the pleasure of speaking with Joseph Black. Hey, sir, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, and thank you for being here as well. So, uh, Joseph Black is your real name, right? Yeah. What made you want to use that instead of, like, going with, uh, I guess, a traditional, like, catchy band name? Um, you know, I've been in two bands, Honey Crumb and Donovan Blanc, and I just felt like it was an opportunity to uh, just put my name on it instead of kind of coming up with a, you know, kind of screen to, to, to hide behind. Um, so that was kind of my thinking is that I'd already, already done it twice. And since this was just going to be really a solo effort, uh, I just assumed stick with my name and that's that. So how did Joseph Black, the artist, come to be? How did you get into making music? Music's always been a pretty big part of my life, you know, ever since I was a, a younger kid. My father was a musician, not not as a profession, uh, but he played, uh, you know, he played in bands in the 60s and 70s. Um, actually, his uh, one of his bands, uh, The Ruins, had made some demos in the 60s, and unbeknownst to him, uh, he, I just I just kind of found it um, pretty recently, but Numero Group actually released... Um, his his band's four demo track, which is kind of neat. But yeah, he was he was my dad was a, a musician and always had music on in the house and uh, you know kind of pushed me to take piano lessons at a very young age. So making music was just a natural extension of that, you know, as, as a kid. So when you were growing up, who was someone you remember your dad playing a lot? Yeah, you know, my dad was a pretty is a pretty eclectic guy. Um, we would listen to like all different stuff, so anything from like like Eric Satie. Um, you know, we would listen to a lot of classical stuff in the house of so all the kind of standard boxes that you would pick. Franz Liszt, who is you know obviously an incredible uh, piano composer, Hungarian guy. My dad is a Hungarian guy as well, so that was kind of uh, something that he really always liked to talk about. How Franz Liszt was kind of Hungarian genius. Um, and we listened to a lot of rock and pop, obviously. Uh, the Beatles. Uh, my dad was more of a Stones guy. I was always more of a Beatles guy. But, um, you know, all that all that stuff that my dad grew up listening to um, was on in the house when I was a kid. So pretty varied, um, but uh, mostly in the classical and then kind of pop rock uh, genre. We didn't listen to a ton of jazz in my house. Um, jazz is something I kind of discovered a little later on in life, middle school, high school. I love it. I don't. I don't play jazz. Um, obviously, uh, my music isn't super inspired by jazz. Uh, but um, was your mom of any influence as well? Like, was she a musician? You no, know, my mom wasn't a musician. Um, but my mom is also um, just a huge uh, fan of music. Um, you know, same thing when I was younger. You know, she would she would listen to the stuff that she liked which was a bit different than the stuff my dad liked. My mom was really into folk music, 70s folk music, um, and 60s folk music. She listened to a lot of James Taylor, um, Cat Stevens, that kind of stuff. She was really into, like, the moody blues, um, more, you know, kind of 60s moody blues, 70s moody blues, you know, and, and just and, and just kind of 60s pop and folk with moms and the papas and stuff like that. So oh, Nice. So do you write, sing, and produce all of your music, or do you have outside input as well? No, I um I I do it all myself. So uh, occasionally I'll have a you know somebody do drums for me, or I'll have like a musician you know play an instrument that I can't play, like sax or something like that. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, everything is done by myself. Um, this next thing that I'm working on, I'm I'm probably going to you know hire somebody to do the mastering for me because that's kind of like a dark art that I don't 
really quite have a grasp on. And, and I, you know, this is going to be a pretty long release. It's going to be a full LP, and I'm going to press it. So I want it to really, you know, sound proper. And, you know, I know that mastering for vinyl is very different. So I'll probably have somebody um, help me out a little bit with that aspect of it. But the, the recording, writing, producing, and performing, for the most part, is all going to be done by myself. And you recently just released a three-track uh, EP titled Wildest Dreams. What's the inspiration behind that title? And then, if you would, what's your wildest dream? What I initially envisioned was I was going to do, um, so as Honey Drum, we would do like these little three-track cassettes and release them in kind of succession, rapid-fire succession. Um, and that was really fun because it allowed you to kind of get outside your own head a little bit. And instead of having to come up with something that was really this whole album, you could really kind of kind of do like little mini little mini releases, and each one could have its own unique identity. So that was originally what I was going to do with Wildest Dreams, and then obviously all this stuff in 2020 happened, and I got a lot more time on my hands, and I decided to just kind of throw everything into an LP. Uh, but that that EP was um, it was originally supposed to kind of be a one bookend of, of many little cassettes, and um, the EP itself was. You know, those three tracks specifically were more of a kind of a little bit of an exploration. You know, I mean, it might not necessarily sound like they're all quite different, but they were they were three different sketches mm-hmm. of, of stuff that I'm that I'm into and that I'm you know kind of trying to uh, weave weave around a little bit. So um, I, I think anytime you, you you throw a blanket over an entire genre of music, you're you know, it's oversimplification and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just three different sketches of that that world and different parts of that world. And, and the album, the LP that I'm working on now is going to be, you know, somewhat of a continuation of that. So, um, you know, kind of looking at certain types of music and certain styles of music through obviously, you know, um, my lens um, as, as somebody creating it and kind of cherry picking the things that I like and, um, you know, reworking things to not not be hammy. You know, it's it's very challenging um, in any kind of like a postmodern art form to pay an homage to something that you you hold dear, um, and also not uh, be too ham-fisted and be too obvious uh, and and have it come across to kind of you know. Uh, elbow in the ribs, tongue in cheek. So that's been a lot of the challenge um, for me, at least with, with that, with that little three track EP. And then what I'm doing now is uh, finding ways to balance influence and inspiration with some kind of a more modern and forward looking voice. So I don't know if that answered your question. I might've gone on a bit of a tangent there, but no, it's okay. So with that being said, um, the other album that you actually put out, the solo album, Northern Exposure, what about that project mm-hmm. uh, sets itself apart from this one and the one you're currently working on? Yeah, so Northern Exposure was, um, a lot of those songs were songs that I had written while I was still making music of Donovan Blanc and Honey Drum. Um, and that album was kind of my first experience dipping my toes into making something completely on my own without any outside input whatsoever. But it was also kind of the end of, a process that I had utilized more so with like honey drum and stuff like that, where I'm, I just, I, I just sit down and I, I write a song and I write it and that's it. And then I move on from it and I don't go back to it until it's time to do the final, you know, the final recording. And then I, you know, I, I, I produce it a little bit, but it, you know, it's not super produced. It's not super, um, 
it's definitely conceived of. It wasn't, you know, thrown together, but it, it, it's, it's more of an exercise and just like, all right, here, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to move on. Whereas now, um, you know, I have, there's no rush and, you know, I really want to put as much uh, into something as I can to really bring it to the most lucid version of itself that I can bring it to. And a lot of that has to do with letting time pass. As a younger person, you know, you're impetuous. You want it done quickly. You want to, you know, kind of look at this new thing that you did and listen to it and, and show it to people. And, you know, you don't necessarily value the, the use of time as a tool to kind of give you perspective and give you some deeper understanding of what it is you've done. I mean, you know, you can write something and you can say, oh, this is great or this is garbage or whatever. Uh, and you can go back to it in a week and have a completely different uh, feeling about it. So what I'm doing now with the work that I've been kind of developing for this new LP is, is really letting things kind of foment and go back to them. And and it's, it is interesting because you do go back to things that at one point you might have thought, wow, this is brilliant. And it felt great in the moment. Uh, but when you really go back to it, it's like very unimpressive, whereas other things can be the opposite. So that's what I would say, at least from a process point, um, the biggest difference between that and then even the most recent EP I put out. Obviously, there's some stylistic differences as well, which I would just attribute more to just you know what I'm listening to or what I'm you know where I'm at in in life at that point. All right, so now <laughs> I'm going to touch on a subject that may be a little bit touchy for you, but I feel it's my it's my duty to do so uh, because you were once one half of the band Donovan Blanc, which you guys released two albums together. Um, I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with your music. I love your music. That's actually how I. Uh, come to know Joseph Black, but do you think mm-hmm. there's any chance for you guys to reconciliate your relationship? Uh, it's not so much a, a matter of reconciliation. Um, it's really just, you know, that music was of a time and a place. Uh, you know, that, that group was of a time and a place. And, you know, that was a while ago. So, um, you know, we kind of did what we wanted to do and we moved on. So, you know, it, it, it's not so much that, there was some, you know, huge uh, reason that we stopped doing what we were doing. It was just, it kind of just came to a logical conclusion, you know, that was, that was it, you know. And one of my, one of my least favorite things in any part of the world, be it music or um, television or film, is when people just don't know when to end it. And I think that that's sometimes the most important thing, sometimes more important than, you know, how you started. It's, it's knowing when to, when to just say, okay, this is, we did what we wanted to do um, and let's do something else. Exactly. And one of my favorite tracks off that uh, album is Veronica. So I'll actually name my car Veronica, not because of the song, but because of an ex of mine. But literally, I have like a ritual that every time I get in my car, that's usually the first song that I play. Like, I have to play Veronica. And then my other favorite song off that album is uh, Minha Manina. And I looked it up as Portuguese mm-hmm. for my girl. Are are you of Portuguese mm-hmm. descent or do you speak Portuguese? I no, I'm not. Um that track was written by me again a very long time ago. 
um, a girl I was seeing at the time was Portuguese, and that song was kind of about the relationship that we had had. So it just seemed like a fitting title to describe that relationship. So uh, no, I'm I'm not Portuguese, oh, okay. but um, you said yeah. your, you said your dad is uh, Hungarian, right? That's correct. Yeah, he is Hungarian. Do you speak Hungarian? Um, only the dirty words, <laughs> um, you know, and like very like conversational stuff. Uh, no, I don't. Unfortunately, my mom's second generation of time. So her parents didn't speak it enough around her for her to pick up on it. My father, of course, spoke Hungarian, but didn't have anybody in our house to speak it with. So, you know, I, I didn't pick up on the language, um, you know, as a child, which is, of course, the most, the easiest time to learn something like that. Mm-hmm. So. I do, regret, I do regret that I, I didn't have that experience, but, you know. Have you ever been to Hungary before? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, it's a really, really, really beautiful country. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, really cool, really cool place. Fortunately, you know, as, as so many countries are experiencing, their leadership has kind of compromised a lot of their citizens' ability to, you know, have a say and, 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 and real a real democracy, which is something that country's been deprived of for so long. You know, further deprivation is... is very sad, but but it's a, it's a wonderful place. It really is a cool cool country. All right. So if you could uh, form the perfect band compiled of artists, living or dead, uh, you would be a part of it. Who do you think you would uh, be? Like a lead singer, guitarist, drummer, bass, everybody. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, if I were going to put together a band, um, you know, like a super group, I would probably just want to be in the audience to watch them. Um, you know, I, I would say, like, I would have, like, Brian Ferry and Todd Rundgren uh, share the, like, singer singer role. Um, guitarist would be Walter Becker, maybe. Um, keys, uh, I don't know, Keys, I'd have, to, I'd have to really, really think about that. There's so many great, great, great um, piano and keyboardists. Uh, bass, probably Jimmy Haslip, and drummer uh, Jeff Percaro for sure and uh i would just you know i would just be happy watching you know i wouldn't want to you know embarrass myself uh <laughs> plotting along with such giants who are the top three artists that you're listening to right now like if you go on your spotify who do you constantly find yourself gravitating towards um you know i've been trying my best to kind of not listen to the same thing every every day or every week but i i, I I have been going back a lot to um, Blue Nile. Past uh, couple months, I've been you know just kind of revisiting those two albums, which are really really fabulous. Um, been been listening to some of Michael Frank's earlier stuff. Uh, so I was listening to some of his later stuff last year, and I've been listening to like the Artist T um, and 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 those albums, which are really really good, very different uh, from his later work. Besides that, um, I've been going back through a lot of like Donald Fagan solo works, uh, which are which are really fun, um, and especially work well in the warm weather. Those three are probably somewhat heavier rotation, but you know, again, I try not to be too stagnant in my listening because it, it, it starts to screw with your writing and your perspective. When I used to write music, I used to rap, and I would do the same thing. If I was writing music, I would limit. Uh, the amount of rap I would listen to because I wouldn't want it to like subconsciously influence what I was writing about. Yeah, no, no, it's true. I mean, it's, um, I find that when I'm working on music, when I'm writing, silence is kind of golden. You know, I, I try not to be too 
all over the place with my listening habits. And I try to not necessarily like listen to the things that I'm inspired by exclusively, but, you know, try to limit the window a little bit. Um, and, and otherwise the world gets too big and it starts to get unwieldy and you hear something and you're like, Oh, well, I really love it. Maybe I should be doing that or maybe I should be doing this or listen to the way he did this or this change or that change. And, um, it's a dangerous rabbit hole. So now we're going to play a little game. So I have these cards from this company called Poddex, and this uh, deck in particular is called What the Heck? So it's just a whole bunch of random-ass questions that I'm just going to ask you. So I laid out three in front of me. I don't know what they are, and I'll just flip them, and you just give me the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. All right. If humans came with a warning label, what would yours say? Mm. It's one thing you would warn the world about Joseph Black. Uh, no patience. Ah, that's a that's actually a really good one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I know that about myself, and it's something that I hoped would start to slowly melt away as I got older. But unfortunately, it hasn't. I would love to have more patience. I consider myself to be a patient person, but I'm unpatient when it comes to other people. Like I like things done on my time. So if I have to include someone else in something and they're not doing it in a timely fashion as I would, then I become impatient. Impatient. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think, I mean, like, there's certain things that I'm patient with and there's certain things that I'm not, but when I'm impatient, when I'm impatient, it's, it's, it's painful, so. All right, number two, let's see. When you were a kid, did you have, did you have any posters on your wall? If so, of who? So I had a Beatles poster on my wall and I had a, I think that was it. I think I just had a Beatles poster. I, my room was pretty small, so I didn't have, like, a ton of wall space. They were my guys when I was in like fifth and sixth grade, and my parents said I could decorate my room the way I saw fit. Uh, <laughs> Beatles were like my absolute favorite band. And What's your favorite what Beatles album? You know, it's funny. I my favorite Beatles album for the longest time isn't really even a Beatles album. It's just a kind of a single compilation of a Magical Mystery Tour, which I would say is probably still one of my favorite things they put together. It's just the songs are great. They're really interesting. They're so varied. Um, I mean, all of their all of their albums are like that. But there's just something about that album. Those tracks are I'm just love them. So I would I would have to send them a non-answer because it's not really their not really an album album. But I would say Magical Mystery Tour is, is is up there for me. Nice. And this is the last one. If you could talk to one species of animal, which one would it be? I mean, I guess I guess dogs, right? You know, like. It seems like the most practical, you know, have a dog, um, you know, I'm around dogs. It would be nice to be able to like, hey, what are you barking about? What do you want to go out? Do you want this? Do you want that? You know, I would say that would be the most useful thing in my life. I don't know if there's any other animals I would necessarily want to talk to. I'm sorry, sir, but the answer we were looking for is cats. Cats would be the number one animal <laughs> you would want to talk to. I'm a, yeah, I'm no, person. I'm not a cat person. <laughs> oh, I'm not a big cat. I don't, I don't dislike cats, but I never really had them as a kid and stuff like that. So I was always more of a dog guy. Oh man, I love cats. As hence the name DJ Catsanova. It's like I'm a Casanova of cats. Is why is how my name came to be. All right, okay, fair enough. Everybody's you know mm-hmm. different strokes, man. I appreciate you doing this interview with me and taking the time out to sit here and chat with me. Um, soon as it's all done, I will let you know. And if you're going to release that uh, new LP, please let me know so I can retweet it and repost it all over all of my social media pages. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, thanks for having me. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. All right, man. Thank you. 
This interview was edited by Steve Francis of Stush Music. Be sure to follow me on all your social media platforms at DJ Katsanova for new music, a playlist every Friday, and shows happening in the Bay Area. Stay cool, cats and kittens. member of the BFF.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.